All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Kente Corner, your favorite casual Hoya basketball podcast. It's been a long time, but we're back. We had to come back. The off season is it's really heating up one way or the other. Anyway, uh, I'm your host, Bobby Bancroft. I know you've missed us. And of course, if I came back, I had to come back with these two. I'm here with casual Hoya, Andrew Geiger, and I'm here with Nationwide Nolan. And guys, there's been so much movement. We could spend 10 minutes going through basically like the transaction wire. But let's just talk. We're recording this on Monday night, May 2nd. Over the weekend, 4 p.m. was kind of the moment Hoya fans have been looking forward to for a long time. Big five-star out of DeMatha. uh, Had been a Xavier uh, commit. Was up there. You know, is he going to go to Georgetown? Is he not? There was a Syracuse big man that we're trying to get to. And Tyrell Ward fooled us all. LSU, I know, Andrew, all those recruiting nerds that you love, all were doing their crystal balls for Georgetown, which usually is kind of the kiss of death a little bit. And so let's just start there. That was a big miss, right? Uh, maybe. I, I kind of think we, we dodged a bullet, actually. Um, I was, I was, I was going to take that chance. Well, because, I mean, Sean Miller, who whose judgment I, I certainly would trust that, and has accomplished more as a coach than anyone on, on our staff, he had every opportunity to hang on to the uh, Brooks, Jordan Brooks, Terrell Ward combo at Xavier. Um, as soon as he got there, said thanks, but no thanks. And uh, he moved on. So um, I don't necessarily think that Ward would have had a tremendous impact on our team next year as far as leading to any more victories. I mean, maybe we'd be more competitive, um, but ultimately he's probably one and done regardless. So I, I think we're fine. Nolan, I think from the angle of, and I think me and you maybe see it the same way. They're running it back with Patrick. That's obviously happening. And it seemed like the strategy was, okay, here's the deal. We're going to hire all new assistants, even though I don't think the assistants are to blame for that's going wrong. We're going to bring in a guy from LSU, Nickelberry. He's going to bring two, three guys with him. We're going to bring in Jordan Brooks. He's going to bring in a couple guys. And this is our plan. Our plan is better players immediately we're bringing in assistance to do it this is not an unheard of strategy but it does there's a little bit of a you know a little bit of a desperation thing going on so far uh nickelberry's only brought in one guy uh and, and then uh, oddly enough the guy that you know we thought jordan brooks was bringing in who is not officially an assistant yet is going to lsu so it's almost like it's a net neutral with them is is that the strategy that that you think that they had and if that is it's not it's not going great right yeah, I mean, as usual, the frustrating part is the lack of transparency. I'm sure we'll get into, is he actually, is Jordan Brooks an assistant or not? But it just from afar, it seems like they are just settling down on we need better players and that'll solve the problem, which I can't imagine. It, for me, if you're just trying to hire the local D.C. guys, Nickelberry, Brooks, after you go 0-20, it would be, and maybe I'm naive and maybe I have this wrong, I would assume this is a make-or-break year for Ewing. I can't imagine if they go 5-15, and 6-14, and 14 and just kick the can down the road and say, hey, we're repairing locally for future classes, that that would be enough to save his job. But maybe he just feels like, hey, I'll take care of the X's and O's, you get me players, and we'll fix this thing. But you know, as far as his merits as an actual Division One assistant, to Andrew's point, to Xavier didn't retain him. Um, he wasn't an assistant there last year. I think his, his official title was director of recruiting, kind of in a special assistant role. Yeah. And then he had, what, four combined years at Howard and Sealock, uh, which, you know, I, I don't know what you make of that. He's in his early 30s, I think. So if that's the way they're going, I, I just, I don't know to flip it this season if if that's the right pathway. So, Andrew, you put out a tweet. It's hard to keep track. In the last week or so, it was actually a poll. You know, hey, Georgetown fans, something like, mm-hmm. are you above the idea of hiring a coach just to get a big recruit? I assume you were talking about Brooks and you were talking about Ward. I think it was overwhelmingly like 95%. No, we are not above this. That Whatever it takes, we don't care. Um and to go with your sort of uh, glass half full, which I know I'm not known for very much, at least recently. Of course, there hasn't been a reason to be glass half full. I, I, I would say that if, if Jordan Brooks 
isn't actually on staff. And I know some people in the know think he is, or he's about to be or whatever. I think that if it was contingent on Ward and you miss on him, I think the big thing is you might be able to find, and maybe it's too late, you might be able to get a better assistant. And I'm not saying Brooks is a bad assistant, but I think what this team desperately needs is someone that can coach defense because they have been so poor defensively. It's impossible to ignore that. So I don't think it's a matter of just getting better players. If if the Ward and the, and the Brooks ship sailed, then this that, that could be the positive, right? Well, I, again, I don't think Ward is – is kind of a program changer. I mean, he certainly would have been a one and done. I don't know if he would have changed the ultimate outlook for the team next season anyway. Yeah. Assuming Brooks assuming Brooks is on staff, which again, we have no idea, the Nolan's lack of transparency call, which is completely true and also completely absurd that at this point we don't know who's on staff. Um, if Brooks has good recruiting ties in the DMV area, it doesn't end with Tyrell Ward. I mean, he has guys, I, apparently he's responsible for bringing this Jay Heath kid in. And admittedly, I had no idea who Jay Heath was until he committed. Um, but, I mean, yeah. There are others, there are other guys. And if, if Brooks can uh, bring some guys to Georgetown, that's, that's certainly a, a net positive. It's certainly more positive than someone who can just coach defense, but doesn't have any recruiting skill. Again, I, I don't think this team is going to be, good at all next season i i don't think we go winless but it's going to be close um and to be honest i think we're doing a complete refresh at this time next year anyway for me if if ewing is trying to hold on to this job i think the obvious point the lowest hanging fruit i think of the program is to fix the defense it's i don't know i i agree i think we're headed towards a fresh refresh a fresh reset regardless it's just i don't know it's filling out the third assistant spot with someone with his profile which i think he profiles as a perfect candidate for a new head coach to work with but for a make or break season i, I just i don't know and yeah yeah i i think i think jordan brooks would probably be a good hire going forward he's still kind of an unknown you know as you said Xavier didn't have him, you know, part of the three-man staff. He's more of like what Crouch was doing, I suppose. Although Crouch's mm. title is more vague, just special assistant. He had a very specific recruiting coordinator, which may be kind of hard to do if you can't actually leave the 30, what is it, like a 30-mile radius that you can't recruit out of, or at least it used to be something like that. I think Jordan Brooks is almost like, well, okay, we can help establish. And obviously they are recruiting, you know, 23 kids, 24 kids. Maybe it's just where I am and maybe Georgetown's nowhere near it. I don't think you have that kind of time. I think what they were trying to do of just, you know, hire guys to have them just load up the team, like get three LSU guys. I think when you run back after what was so bad and what's been a pretty just mediocre five years, even without last year's, you know, dumpster fire, I don't think you have the time to worry about 23, 24 classes. You have to be pretty good next year in order to stay. And that's where I don't know if Jordan Brooks really, helps or you know maybe Ewing is like a Supreme Court justice at this point he's just going to be there as long as he likes um I don't think so I, I think he's okay this is it I, th- I, th- I think this is it I, <laughs> I thought it was been... it a couple months ago no no <laughs> but like you know you are coming off a, a biggest tournament championship and all that blah 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 all that stuff that came with it you uh-huh. can't really fire him a year later I get it but uh... this is it I mean this this this, this is it and so um Nothing is going to happen on the court this season, barring some sort of really unexpected events. I mean, I, I, the team comes together. We have no bigs. We have no front court. It's, it's, it's. There's nothing. There's nothing when you look at at the current composition of this team that screams anything but a cellar dweller in the Big East. And that's it. And you know, Ewing will 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 get his one more year, and then um, again, we'll, we'll be done. So it's it's tough to be a Georgetown Hoya fan. I get it. Right now, um, I do think even getting a guy like Brandon Murray because he's probably gone after ne- next season too. So you're really there's really nothing <laughs> to look forward to. Um, for, well, for two he, years he couldn't now. transfer I, I really... without a waiver, so that's at least a positive, right? You got it in your hip pocket. But, but you know, it's sad. It's sad to me to see like the fan base being like, "Oh man, I, I really wish you know Don Carey would would come back for another year." I mean, come on, man! Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> Like, none, I think, none of these guys. 
No, Colin Holloway transferring. None of these guys are good, man. Oh, I mean, yeah, they're it, good kids, but like, come, they're good kids, and they and you know they they're good for the program and and whatnot. But they're not. These guys aren't difference makers. If you just look at where the schools that all these kids that transferred out have landed, they're all like directional schools. Billingsley, where did he go? Eastern something, and and Kobe Clark went to Southeast something, and. Uh, you know, Tyler Beard winds up at Pacific. I mean, Pacific. I mean, these are this is the talent level of kids that we had on our team last year, and we're in the Big East. I mean, enough is enough. So, I, it's just to add on, I think Andrew's exactly right. I think Georgetown fans have been beaten down so badly that we have forgotten the type of talent this program should attract and should produce. That yes, every. I mean, everybody dumped on Frank Anselm after he picked Georgia, but they were going to talk themselves into him being a difference maker when he couldn't get on the floor when Syracuse, the starting center, was healthy. And that was the worst Syracuse team of Bayheim's lifetime. It's just – the talent is still poor, and to get excited about these marginal transfers, aside from Brandon Murray, I, it's, I think it is tough to be a fan right now. Um, and I, I guess part of that is I don't really care who left from an 0-20 roster because you're right, the, the talent was not there. Okay, so one of the – when we don't record podcasts very often, and I was definitely waiting for the May 1st deadline, although theoretically one of the kids could have put in their transfer the other day, and Georgetown Compliance has two days – for it to go through so we could still see some trickle through although there's not really many guys left that can do it but so let's just if you're listening kente corner we're back bobby bancroft here andrew geiger nationwide nolan and let's just go over real quick from last year's roster who's gone okay so i'm just gonna go in the order of top scores (laughs) okay so aminu muhammad who you may or may not have seen me sparring with his guardian whatever the other day he butted in a conversation i was just not in the mood i tried to avoid him but whatever we always thought he was going pro he's going pro okay he's gone donald carey surprise transfer portal guy in that a lot of people even patrick himself during the season made it sound like he didn't have any eligibility left he apparently does he's on the nba (laughs) draft stuff whatever um kaden rice for some reason put out an instagram post that he was going to the draft he absolutely has no eligibility left. He's gone. <laughs> um, Colin Holloway, who I I actually disagree with you guys a little bit in that I think while he should not be a starter in the Big East yet or maybe like, you know, a fringe starter or whatever, I think he's the kind of guy that college basketball used to be about, the player that gets better over time. I'm not saying he's going to be an NBA player or whatever, but you do need to keep some guys on your roster. Yeah, he's in the portal. He's, he... He, he's fine. You're right. He's, he's fine. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry. And, and, and I should I should back up. Um, Donald Carey and Colin Holloway both, I guess, left open the like the option that they may return. They almost seem like they're the kind of guys that did what basically everyone should do is they're in the portal because they can, and they left open the option of returning. None of the other guys did. Uh, Tyler Beard, whose parents seem to be upset all season, he left. That's the biggest no-brainer that was out there. Uh, Billingsley gone as well. And Ego F.A., really unusual for a rising senior to leave, but times are different now in that it used to be you have to sit one to play one, which is what Greg Malinowski did, which was so weird. Now he can play immediately. And Ego F.A. has his COVID year, so he does have two years left. And all of the guys that have committed, as Andrew went through, they went to places that you shake your head and you say, that's not Big East level. It will be interesting to see if 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 if, um, if the captain, Don Carey, ends up staying in college, which I don't know why he would, unless there's a Masters he's trying to complete or a second Masters. It will be interesting if one of the bigger teams takes a chance on him because I think he could be a pretty good six-man off the bench, you know, a shooter, come in, make shots. Um, Colin Holloway, I think, would probably be more of like an A-10 mid-major player. Those are all the transactions, and God, it was a lot. I guess I should have just started with who's coming back. Oh, I didn't mention Kobe Clark. Kobe Clark, whose best game was as a freshman. He had 10 rebounds in his opening game. We never saw him really after that. He left, which makes a lot of sense. He's the normal kind of transfer kid that goes to Georgetown, doesn't play, moves down a level, makes sense. Um, That was a lot, right? Like, that was a lot. 
Yeah. I mean, it's, and you know, it's, that's not really unique to Georgetown. I mean, that, that's sort of attrition now in this uh, transfer era, but I think it does highlight, you know, as I'm going down and looking at this roster of kids oh, who I'm are sorry. here now. Also, Chula, the walk-on transferred. And yeah. I, I mean, we don't, we, 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 we don't, we don't need to talk about that, but like, you know, um, there's, do, we don't, do have, we don't some, there's some breaking news that appears. Stop. Oh, uh, a cook, a cook has committed to Georgetown. Oh. I mean, they literally that? needed a big, right? Like, I guess. I, I mean, that. I, I I struggled to get all that excited about somebody who couldn't really crack the UConn rotation by the end of the year, but they needed somebody. Oh, Nolan, did you want who do you think is who? Who do you think would have helped the team more next year? A cook, a cook, or the big from Syracuse? I would say a cook just because if he is healthy, there's definitely some upside there. Anslem was athletic, and I mean, Bayheim pretty much laid it out that he had no idea how to play basketball. So, <laughs> um, but... yeah, okay. Well, that changes things in the sense that at least now we have someone to start in the front court. Um, I should also I recall, say, yeah. I, there I are rumors much that Malcolm him, Wilson I, I, is possibly thinking about not playing basketball, I've heard. Yes, I, I've heard that as well. Um, again, oh well, I mean, you know, a good kid. I, I wish him the best of success in life, um, but he's he's not making a difference on, on the basketball court for us. No, he's not. But what it would do is you'd have McClung's entire class transferred out. And then next year's seniors would all have transferred out as well. Although, believe it or not, even though his handler is also a real piece of work, um, there has been some kudos possibilities, which would be just insane. But you would basically have two full classes of kids that have transferred out. And then the next class of a five-player class, only Dante Harris remains. So, I mean, you're looking at, you know, 13 players. And if Wilson doesn't, you know, if Wilson stays, well, I guess he's not transferring out. But you know what I mean? Like, you just you just can't have everyone in the class transfer. It, you just That's just not sustainable. And I, I don't want to hear, oh, that's college basketball today. No, like, that's not everywhere. Like, you can't lose every player. No doubt. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think anyone disagrees with that, Bobby. I mean, I think that the plan, though, is when you have attrition to replace uh, players that are leaving with players that are better. And when I look at what we've done so far this offseason, I can't really disagree that that's actually been the case, right? I mean, when you see that all of these players that have left are gone, going to these directional schools, as I call them, meanwhile, who's coming in? Now we've got a cook, a cook, you know, from UConn. Okay, that, that's Big East, right? You got Jay Heath coming in from Arizona State. You know, okay, that's Pac-12. And you got the primo kid who's Duquesne, you know, that, that's the A-10. So, I mean, you know, the, we're getting players who are on – and Murray, of course, from LSU. I mean, so you're getting players that are on, you know, high majors who should have more talent than the guys that have left. So the, the roster has improved. Ultimately, whether that results in more wins and whatnot remains to be seen. But I do think this, this team is, is getting better from a talent perspective. Well, I don't know. Nolan might know a little bit more, although I have seen them with my A-10 stuff with uh, the tournament and with just George Mason. Uh, Spears is kind of like Dante Harris. I'm not sure how that works. And um, it does sound like Jordan Brooks was involved. I had someone reach out to me, which was really nice, and tell me that, you know, um, Brooks was involved with uh, Heath. Heath needs a waiver, which, you know, I guess Ewing's comments basically in the release made it sound like he's counting on it. So maybe there's something I don't know. So it's not even guaranteed that Jay Heath can play next year. And Nolan, what do you think about the idea of Dante and Spears on the same roster? It did seem like that statement, it felt like Keith's comments in, that, in the release were kind of well-crafted. Wasn't there something about needing, or not needing, but the chance to be closer to home with his family? Yes. So yes. I would think they have that in the works. Uh, Spears, mm-hmm. I, I will say he's bigger than Dante. I think he's listed at 6'3", but he is a shoot-first guard, which Duquesne was, they had no size this year, and it was pretty much a take the ball, go isolate, and try to get us some buckets. But I, I wouldn't classify him as a point guard, which leads to the bigger issue. I'm not all that familiar with 
Denver England's game at this point, but he seems more of a scoring guard too. So then it's Dante, are you actually going to, you know, get your team involved and be pass first and selfless this year, which he seems like he bit off more than he could chew last season. So he's probably going to have to play a big role again for this all to work because you kind of have a log jam now, like shooting guard, small four. When you think of England, he spears. You have Murray, Riley's going to be healthy, and then Wayne Bristol. That's a ton of guys who want to get some shots up. So it's, I think that's going to be a tricky situation to handle. Yeah, I I just think Spears, his two-point percentage, which I mentioned in my tweet, was below 40. His three-point percentage is 30%. His assist numbers don't really make up for that. Turnovers are basically the same, or, you know, three three to two. Um I don't know. I, I just, it, you know, all the times where I felt like Dante in a normal program would have had to sit and you let your backup point guard. And obviously Pat didn't trust Tyler and I could see reasons why. I don't know how you play both these guys. And, you know, we've already seen in the past, you kind of had, I'm not comparing them to McClung and Akinjo, but just the idea of like two guards that are both looking to, to eat. And um, I think it's really important that, that Keith is eligible because mm-hmm. I think he's a better shooter. I think he's a better, he's, you know, a more efficient player than, than Spears. But, it, it, you know, when you go in 20, when you do all this stuff and you bring back the coach, even though you get new assistants, guess what? It's hard to attract players to come play for you. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, and that's I, one of the reasons uh, you don't do it. Well, and ultimately I think that's going to be the problem when we're having this discussion, you know, 10 months from now or whatever it is, because, like I said, I think you would all you would all agree that the talent level of these players are is, is better than the ones that left. Ultimately, I, I don't really see a path to more success in the court, however. So I think when the evaluation happens, it's going to be like, okay, you had better talent. It didn't translate to win. So, you know, we're, I think we're, we're moving on here. I mean, I, I, don't, I, mean, I don't see how – go ahead. What I mean, what – do you think is even the bar for next year? I, to me, off of you know going into the the next year after Owen twenty, and you haven't made the turn. I mean, he made the tournament with the biggest tournament run, but I would think you need to be at large status this coming year to to keep your job. And even as much as the talent's being upgraded, it still seems like you're going to be far away from that. Yeah, I, I, mean, just, I, I don't see how it's close. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean. Does he keep his job if they go eight and twelve in the Big East? I mean, oh, absolutely. I mean, that would actually be one of the better years. That's depressing. Yeah, I, I think I think so. Look, if if Holloway actually comes back, um, because again, he's probably the the less uh, bad of the players that have left. Um, if you've got a Cook suddenly in the fold at the five, and you've got Holloway playing the four, and then you can run Murray, Harris, and I don't know. Who else would you put in there? There's just so many. Whoever. Uh, but one of the transfers, I guess, um, you know, Spears or, or Heath. I mean, maybe they can win more than we think, um, I guess. But that's having a lot of faith in Holloway improving and any faith in them being able to play defense. I mean, is Merck great from Aminu offensively? He has to be, right? Oh, man. So as we're on the phone, um, you know, I tweeted, <laughs> eat it, no escalators, at no escalators, you know, the Yukon guy yes. who's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. He just replied, he just replied, I love a cook, a cook, and wish him nothing but the best. Also, he's going to be a nightmare matchup for Yukon's walk-ons when Ewing tries to cut a 20-point loss to an 8-point <laughs> loss. Tell you what, you know, man, they got so they, good at that at the end of the year. They really did. They were a covering <laughs> machine. <laughs> um, but no, um, so again, I think Nolan and I have been the whole time, like there's no way you get a second year of Aminu. I'm really surprised he, he didn't portal because I don't think he's getting drafted and whatever, blah, blah, blah. But uh, he had just some, some, some games offensively. And look, there was no one else to really play as far as, you know, okay, I mean, you know, sit, go, so-and-so go in. You didn't see it very often. You know, I'm not saying that they're like for like, but if you kind of look at it, 
from Brandon Murray to Muhammad. And I think, you know, Muhammad's a better athlete and a better defensive player and all that kind of stuff. I do think you get more out of Murray. You're not going to get that kind of bully ball two for 16 shooting performances. Um, so I think that could possibly be a win, but who's, who's replaced Donald Carey. I don't know enough about, about Heath and if he's even eligible. And I mean, like, does anyone know what we're going to get out of Wayne Bristol? You know, so there's a, a million unknowns. I think Bristol, there I are. Mean, he hasn't played in two years, right? He sat yeah. out last year and the year before. So it's, I mean, his profile just athletically, his frame, and I think he shot over 40% from three. I mean, even if it's the MEAC, that's promising. But, yeah, total wild card. I don't know. There's wild cards everywhere. I know Philly Hoyas wants to do an NIL uh, podcast with me, which, you know, I think is a good idea. Do we want to talk about it for just a second? I mean. The idea, yeah, think, of... just just think things are good. Things are things are actually better than you would think. Um, really? From, from yeah, from some discussions I've had uh, with folks that um, are affiliated with the school in, in various ways, it, it, it's better than you think. Um, okay. They're they're a, they're it's not a complete loss when uh, NIL pops up that way, as far as transfers and and hmm. I guess high school kids are. Are concerned now um so there we there are alums and and people behind the scenes who are aware of the importance of it and it has I'm not gonna say it's a strength um but it's not exactly a weakness of course it's not going to be at the level yeah i mean it's not at the level of some of these other schools obviously um we, we're not gonna be able to compete but um to the extent that the school is doing something about it and it's not a complete loss uh, that much is true. Can we for talk? that, Andrew, my question, I guess, would be for a, no pun intended, but a casual fan who wanted to get involved with that or mm-hmm. an alum, is there a rollout plan to get, because like many things, Georgetown, you don't see that publicized anywhere that everybody is kind of in the dark about what the, what's going on. But if even a fan wanted to, I don't know, Take any example, something similar yeah. to a cameo or whatever for a couple hundred bucks. Is that something they want to get the fan base on board with in the near future? A hundred percent. I mean, the the yeah. the plans that that are being discussed now are obviously more high level and geared to yeah. Yeah. you know deeper pockets. But I mean, I have thought about ways that we could kind of transform the site to being an outlet mm-hmm. for. NIL as well, you know, spinning off some sort of LLC where anyone can donate and you can kind of see where um, the, the NIL funds are, are going is something that I think is perhaps a natural evolution of the site or at least a, a portion of it that would get people excited. Um, so, yeah, but, but ultimately, obviously, when you have a a recruit that's a, a five star or whatnot, it, it's the it's the bigger dollars that are going to yeah. be in play or the bigger, bigger opportunities. And I think that's going to come from the the high level donors, um, not to say that everyone who follows the site is a high level, of course, because the three of us are very high level. Um, but, you know, certainly I think the way of, of getting, you know, Jack and Jill Hoya involved uh, is probably more so through um, outlets like ours. Mm-hmm. To switch it a little bit, one of the things that I've been struggling with is kind of what's happening in the Big East. When you look around and, you know, I think Jay Wright retiring a little bit of uh, surprise, right, for everybody. Um, I think the league takes a step back and Georgetown's definitely not a candidate at the time to help fill that void that they basically just, you know, just run with the conference torch since all the football schools left. And, uh, you know, for instance, the other schools that made coaching changes, like schools that are newer, right, like Xavier who when I started following college basketball was in like, that's like four leagues ago. Butler decided, you know, last year wasn't good enough. What they've added in their, for their coaches. And when you look around and you're thinking like, wow, like how, how, how do you get out of this hole? And I think it's hard for me when I look around the big East and I look at the big coaches that have shown up and Florida Hoya, our friend, John always had that what if game. And when we started the podcast, he would say, if I told you you could keep your coach and your staff or you put your name in a hat and you get any other, you know, you could get Jay Wright or I think at the time, you know, you, you could get Chris Mullen. So you're kind of like, ah, 
I don't know if I want to play this game. But if you if you play that game right now and you say, do you want to keep the staff that you have? Or you put your name in a hat and you grab whatever you get. You're probably only kind of like doing a shoulder shrug. Worst you can do is stub a field. I mean, look at all the other coaches you can get now. I, I just think with what Xavier and Butler particularly have done this offseason, Seton Hall, which has been good, seemed like they maybe even got better. <laughs> okay. And Kyle Neptune, who I think no one was all about, I was all about. It, it, it's hard to look around, right? Like, can you talk me off the biggies ledge or do you want to join me? I think I think you're probably right. I mean, Mike Anderson wouldn't be that exciting, but St. John's has kind of crushed it this offseason. With stealing one of the fall guys, um, Jones. Well, and he's taken teams to the tournament and won games in the yeah. tournament. He he definitely has a floor that he's just with his style of play. Like, yeah. They're only going to be so bad. Um, yeah, it, it's probably right. I mean, if you play that game now, it's you'd probably be pretty happy with the result. Andrew, what do you think what? when you look around the Big East and you look at around like, oh, man, look who just showed up, Thad Mata, uh, Sean Miller uh St. Peter's darling coach from a second ago, Cal Neptune, who made Fordham respectable. You're just like, oh my God. <laughs> right? You're just... Yeah, and, and Shaka last year, right? I mean, so it's just uh, yeah. uh the conference is, is certainly getting stronger from a, a CEO's perspective at, at the head coaching spot. Um can't say that we are. So yeah. <laughs> just just more of the same. Run it back. I will say that um I do love Coach Crouch, uh, as we have discussed in our very exclusive text chain. Um, <laughs> I, I, I love that man, um, and um, I think he's great for the program. And uh, I, I really think that he has the, the right mind as far as where the program needs to go. He understands the voice of the fans. He understands everything that we're discussing. He understands our frustration. He has ideas. Uh, for where this, the program needs to be. Um, I'm very pleased that he was elevated to the role of an official assistant. Uh, so now he can get out there and, and recruit kids. And um, I, I do like that. That, that. that, to me, is one of the biggest pluses, probably the biggest plus in the offseason for me. Can I tell you my problem with it? And then Nolan can be the tiebreaker. Yeah. So here's the deal. They just had the season they had. He was part of the staff. And either he wasn't being, you know, I don't know him. I don't know if he's a great, I've had people tell me they can't lose him. You know, my, my thoughts were, I mean, you wouldn't just, what just happened happened. You can lose anybody. It's not a big deal. Um, my thing is either Patrick didn't listen to him or wasn't willing to listen to him or he didn't have answers either. That's my kind of thing. Like, I just think the idea of promoting from within after what just happened, I don't really get. And that's kind of my problem. And, you know, I don't know him. I know a lot of people love him. A lot of people love him on Twitter. You love him. That's great. That's my view from outside, not knowing him, just knowing like what I just saw, the non changes I saw game to game and him being a part of it is what makes me a little bit of buyer beware. Yeah. It's, I, I would think it probably falls at UNC. Are you going to empower your assistants? Are you going to listen to them? Because as of now, the only person, I mean, the Brooks thing is pending, but you had a Nickelberry who's been around a long time. He's been a head coach. Um, Crouch does seem, again, on the surface, since Georgetown doesn't really let us in to see much um, else. He's the only active assistant we've ever had, really um, active on social media, which is a plus, which we're just starved for. So I feel like anybody who they have in the program who would be active on social media would be looked at as um, just yeah. a tremendous <laughs> coach just because we get none of that. But it's needed in 2022. So, and, and I know everybody wants to repair the local relationships and him and Nickelberry and maybe Brooks, but my whole thing with that, it, it goes to Ewing and it even goes beyond Ewing. It's got to be from the top down that you're open to the DMV. you I don't care what you do. If you have coaching clinics or open practices, whatever it is, it has to be a total outreach from the head coach, the entire program. Like singular assistant coaches are not going to fix that problem. Kevin Brodus could recruit the DMV like nobody's business, but it got stagnant at the end and it wasn't really his fault. 
and we just run into those problems. So I think Crouch in a vacuum seems fine, but you have to listen to him. You have to empower him. If he's as good as people think he is, then use him as an asset, just not a placeholder. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I think, uh, Bobby, to your point, it was more of the I think it was more of the former, just, you know, Ewing not, not going to say wasn't listening, um, but, you know, it's kind of um, maybe not implementing some of the suggestions. Um, and, you know, when the, the season's spiraling out of control, there's, there's also the question of, you know, what suggestions really could have worked at that point. Um, but, and we know Ewing has been so loyal to former assistants and whatnot that um, Crouch, who, I don't, you know, I don't know where he was in the pecking order, but he certainly wasn't one that was going to be listened to much, regardless if Ewing's ear was tied up by Orr and Kirby and 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 Wahid. Um, but now, again, now that coach is uh, Crouch is closer to the coach on on the bench, so to speak. Uh, hopefully, um, he'll be listened to, and um, all that remains to be seen. I, I guess my only <laughs> my only sort of ounce of sadness here is that if I'm foreseeing this conversation 10 months from now and we're talking about a staff reshuffling, I, I hope Crouch stays. Um, but again, well, I guess we'll cross those bridges when we, when we need to. Speaking yeah. of that, Andrew, you put out the bat signal and we've talked for a long time here. I'm sure we've covered some of the questions by just our free flowing conversation. I think it probably would be good to read some of the names get some of the questions out. So in the future, people keep doing it. <laughs> yeah. Um, which okay. is, re- which is responding gotta... to the, to the, the Hoya signal, the Jack signal. If I got to pull them out. Uh, let's see. Um, I had a meatball sub what, today. I what, think somebody asked about lunch. We, okay, what NIL reforms could actually make Georgetown competitive with SEC schools, et cetera, while still letting players get paid like they should? But I think we touched on this. I think that's just more, and again, that's at Earl Dos Santos. Thanks for the, uh, the note. Um, I think that's more, uh, again, just getting more people involved, especially those with the deeper pockets. Um, what's the easiest way to see what these comments are? Uh, any remaining oh any re, any remaining unsigned bigs from high school that could fit uh, Nolan Nolan any high school ones that you're aware of high school players are irrelevant to me at this point I I think it's a waste <laughs> of time this year I mean really what everybody's in the transfer market if if you recruit a high school big the odds of them transferring next year or the year after are seem better than fifty fifty odds. I don't see the point of a high school player. It's almost like you you build the relationship so that when he's on the market again, the you know the portal market, that it's a familiar you know phone call. Well, you're right, and if you look at the transfers, Murray was Baltimore. Jay yeah. East, I believe, is a Baltimore, or he's a DC kid. He's local. Um, Bristol, local. Which that's a different. He was low level, so he's moving up. But you get the idea that these boomerang transfers. Gary. Um, yeah, yeah. So if you have those relationships, that and DMV obviously best area, arguably in the country. So if you get some of those kids coming back for the junior and senior seasons, it, it could be helpful. Um, at talk and be practice. Hey, casual first time, long time. Do we have any paths back in our lifetime? Uh, <laughs> yes, um, not in the near future, in my view, unless we get a pretty sizable change uh, on the bench and that brings in more talent. But I, again, I think this offseason was, was a, a good start as far as an influx of talent goes. I, Andrew, I would ask you to go with the NIL. Just getting rid of SEC, ACC, that stuff. Um, is there a program in the Big East you think Georgetown should ever really lag behind when it comes to that stuff? I mean, I'm sure Villanova no. has tremendous support right now, given the last decade. But, I mean, UConn being Yeah, you know, I, you're, you're, you're right. Um, right, UConn, uh, in, in theory, if you looked at the schools with the 
bigger populations, you would think that they would have stronger NIL programs. But Georgetown being what it is and having alumni in various uh, positions in law and finance and medicine and basically individuals with, you think, that have deeper pockets, I really think at this point it's just about outreach and getting getting alums to understand how important it is for the future of the basketball program. I mean, people can whine about it all they want. You see a lot of people complaining on Twitter, coaches and, and whatever, about how NIL is ruining everything. Well, it's not going anywhere, right? So we can mm-hmm. sit and we can complain about it or we can do something about it. And um, so I, I think it's, it's getting that, that message down. Uh, but you're right. I mean, there's no reason that a school like Creighton should be able to put together an NIL package that's more attractive than, than Georgetown. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and it goes back to my, my Big East ledge position I was in like 10 minutes ago is that I struggle when I look around at the newcomers who are just in completely better spots than Georgetown. And it's like, come on, this, you know, it was like, oh, great. They added these schools. It's up to Georgetown and Villanova, you know, maybe Marquette maybe St. John's and it's like, it has, you know, Georgetown has just been a complete passenger. And when I look at the coaching changes that they made, when they decided what was going on, wasn't good enough. And what I see going on here and it, you know, I kind of went through like the stages, you know, casual, you know, the article goes up, Ewing needs to step down, you know, just me personally uh, missed Patrick as a player at Georgetown, got in like four years later, rooted for the Knicks, had the Patrick Ewing poster on the wall growing up. I mean, I was all in and I was so you know, sad basically that it's going the way it was going for him as the head coach. But I kind of hit the point where it was like, okay, I'm sad. This is terrible. It's like, you know, just watching someone just suffer, but then it's like, we're going to do it again. And I just think it's hard to expect success now. And I think it's made, it's been harder for me to comprehend it when it's like Xavier and Butler, new people, smaller schools, not nearly the basketball tradition overall, and they're like, no, like this is a this is a basketball arms race. And Georgetown's mm-hmm. like, well, we're gonna do what Georgetown does, and I just that just doesn't work. Yeah, Sorry. I mean, again, a lot a lot of that has to do with the 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 energy um, and the persuasiveness uh, of the head coach. And when you have someone like you know even Thad Mata at, at Butler or Sean Miller come in at Xavier and kind of be rah rah and rev up a uh, program that. Um, you know, was programs that were kind of stuck in neutral a little bit. I mean, the same thing happened with us when, when Ewing was hired half a decade ago at this point. Um, but we really didn't take advantage of it. So I think that's, that mod has been in some TikTok videos. And that's that, that's <laughs> exactly what he needs to be doing. I know, um, I know. Super, I know. At, at, at Super Eric Rogers, Bobby Nolan, it has to be all forwards with however many slots you have to go, right? Lance preferred. This is before well, I the... I think they're going to add a cook, a cook. Yeah. But what do you guys think? I mean, obviously, I think that that's right. I don't think there's there's room for any more guards well, at this point. I, I, I think you need a Trey King type player, right? Because, you know, Ego Efe ate up a lot of minutes when he was healthy. Um, you know, the great thing about college basketball, right, is guys get better. So I don't expect Ryan Matumbo year two to look like Ryan Matumbo did this year. And if he just, you know, maybe the defense is a little bit different, but a lot like Roy Hibbert, if he just plays as big as he is when he's in there and, and, you know, gets better with using his body. Like he should be a problem and in a bad, you know, in a good way, you know, a bad way for the other team. But I think you also, you can't expect if Wilson's not going to play. And even if he does, he's probably not Biggie's caliber, right? Like I think you need someone else to play those center positions unless a cook, a cook's going to do a little bit of that. I, I would do everything in my power to try to get Manny Bates at this point. If you oh, could God, cap yes. off the offseason, as critical as I've been, I would give them an A for the roster overall if they pulled that off. Um, mm-hmm. Totally forgot about you, that. You'd rather, know, you'd rather have last, Bates over Reed? Reed's gone. Oh, where do you, where do you end up going? Where do you think? Gonzaga. <laughs> oh, jeez. But I, I would have rather had, assuming Bates is healthy, I, I would take Bates. Um, and last off season, an NC State person said, you know, he was rumored to transfer, and the NC State insider said, hey, it's going to be Georgetown, and I don't know what transpired, cold feet or whatever, but now apparently it might have been Waheed, the assistant that was 
involved there, so maybe it's not a factor now. I, I don't know where they stand with him. But if they could get – I mean, he would be a home run if they could cap it off with that. But I think you do need a legitimate center to eat up yeah. some of those minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, this is a good one and perhaps one we should end with. Uh, at PC Minor, did Nolan propose by spelling marry me with assorted chocolates from Costco? God. What? <laughs> Apparently, that would have been the the easy way to go. That would have sealed the deal immediately. <laughs> we we should you know inform our our loyal viewers that Nolan did recently get engaged. So Mazel Tov there. Um, Thank you. How did you pull it off? Um, we were going. Our families were getting together for a vacation, so we took a detour along the coast of Georgia. We're in Atlanta, so we headed out there and. Uh, off of Jekyll Island is where it happened. Ooh, okay. I'm familiar with that place. Yeah, okay. But that, that's great. But, like, what did you actually do? I mean, did you, like, was there a specific moment that you were waiting for? Like, what, what was No, the it was pretty simple on the beach. Just, uh, well, our dog. Um, I had a will you marry me tag on his, his collar. So okay. that was the oh. added element. Was there anyone, there like, behind the scenes taking pictures of this? Did you have someone like stash no, in the bushes? Yeah, neither of us really wanted that, so <laughs> it was it was a private moment. Love That's it. Good. Well, congrats. Um, you Thank know, you. as Bobby and I can both attest to, you've you've made a uh, a huge mistake, but um, <laughs> nonetheless, we, we we wish you the the best of luck moving forward. Um, you. Are you going to be able to plan it around like you know? I hate getting invited to weddings, college football Saturdays. Like, is there any any of that in your mind or? Yeah, her Miami Hurricane fandom uh, ruled okay. that out. So we're probably okay. going to be uh, springtime, April, May. Well, don't do the Final Four. Andrew was just there, and it seemed like he had the time of his freaking life. So it was great. It, it was it was it was really great. Um, New Orleans is again, it's the perfect city to host something like this, and it's obviously been a while since um, the Final Four has been here. And um, going to a number of events and just having the college basketball world descend upon the city was, was fantastic. I mean, everywhere you went, you ran into, you know, various uh, coaches and, and whatnot. And um, yeah, I mean, some of the conversations you have with, with some, some random head coaches at, at random bars at, at random hours of the night are, are certainly ones that, uh, you know, I won't forget for a while. Um, Do we know if it's coming yeah, back I, there? Any hope, or do I? I mean, hope? I'm I'm sure at some point it'll be there, but like I know that they they usually schedule out like four or five years in advance. Is it on a rotation or? Yeah, it has it hasn't uh, been you know named as a final four site in the near future. Nor is it a like a regional site either for the one. I think they've gone like five or six years out at this point. So it tends to come like every ten years, and uh, I really hope Ooh. that it'll that it'll come sooner than that. You know, my, my son was able to go. He's nine now, and he was able to go to the uh, the Final Four game, and that was really exciting for him, obviously. But who knew that it would be both uh, Coach K's and Jay Wright's final game? Um, and it was just really cool to go to a game where you've got 70,000 people uh, really into the, the, those games. And they, they especially that Duke-UNC game, that was, that was special. You know, it's really rare for a game with coming with so much hype into it to actually live up to it. That was great. Yeah, well, I've informed my household that the next Final Four in New Orleans I'm just going to because it looked like you were having a great time. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a part of that. Just to let you know. Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, I, I, I'm go if Georgetown ever gets to another one, I'm definitely going. And for sure, if any <laughs> other Final Fours come here, everyone's invited. I want to just say I was on the fence of going in 2007. I had a really good friend. And at that time, I was traveling so much for sports. Really, I've, I mean, I've I've been a lot of places to watch Georgetown. Um, and I'm glad I did all that stuff because, you know, there hasn't been a lot of reason recently to go very, you know, further than MSG or go go up to Philly. And I was on the fence. And he's like, are you serious? You're, you're not going to go to this? And I was like, <laughs> nobody really wants to go. And uh, I made it. And I'm glad because I don't know if I would live long enough to see that again. So I made it and it was fun, even though they lost and Jeff Green should have shot more and all that kind of stuff. Um, it was definitely a cool well, event. You, you probably thought they were going to be back pretty soon, didn't you? 
Yeah, and that's yeah, like that, that was sort year. of one of the things I said. I was like, "Look, man, like you know, this is year three at JT three. Like this, this baby is rolling." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I went, I went, and it's perfect. And on the way out, I sold my ticket for Monday. I was pretty pissed. I think the next day the Bulls played uh, the Hawks, and Sweetney was on the Bulls, and there was like a Georgetown event. I was like, "I'm not going to this anymore. I am pissed." But the lead up like just getting there on Thursday and just sort of being there was definitely really cool. There was like, I forget who played at Olympic park or whatever, but final fours are awesome. But Andrew seemed like he had a better time at his final four. Plus he didn't have the added weight on his shoulders of just being like, Oh my God, they need to win. Like I want to stay here until Tuesday morning. Like I want to stay. You know, the, the buddy of mine who I went with was a, a Jayhawks fan. He lived a number of years in Lawrence, Kansas. And uh, so he was, feeling that you know and yeah. so it was kind of nice it was kind of nice to at least experience that again you know when, <laughs> when your buddy actually like is rooting for a team to win and like has some somewhat skin in the game you know um that that was fun and I, I do miss that because it has been a while uh for, for since I experienced that for Georgetown um especially considering the tournament game against Colorado was fun for about five minutes I know no one listening to Kente Quarter wants to hear that I'm going to have to pick up a side team just because things have just been bleak. But it's, it's natural because I went to like Braddock. Hubert Davis went to like Braddock. I went to like Braddock basketball camps, um, all that stuff. Hubert was always around. So like he's been around me since I've been a young Bobby B. So they're bringing their whole damn team back. He's a like Braddock guy. I, I don't, now this next season when there's when I see UNC's on, I'll be like, you know what? I'm going to definitely – take part of this. I'm going to try to watch them as my second team. Does that make me bad? Do you guys have any second team options? Andrew, I think I might be getting you on to UNC. Um, anything like that? Uh, I mean, fan base wise, I thought the Tar Heel fans were, were great in, in New Orleans. I actually didn't find anything objectionable with the, the Duke fans either, to be honest. And the Nova oh, fans sad. were, and the Nova fans were, as nice as can be, anyone that I said went to Georgetown, they were almost like, oh, that's so sweet. You know, you get the that pat sucks. on the back and, you know, it sucks. You'll, you'll be back, that that kind of thing, which is annoying, but <laughs> it's fine. And yeah. the uh, Kansas, Kansas fans obviously were, were thrilled. So um, as far as a, a second team, uh, my green wave of Tulane. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tulane, Tulane's campus is uh, half a mile from my house. So, you know, we can ride our bikes there and go to the games and – it's a nice experience and they're kind of a fun team to, to root for. I think the AAC is wide open next season. Um, and especially with a lot of powerhouses that will be leaving, I think Tulane is right there. <laughs> and maybe Tulane might get to the tournament before Georgetown. That'd be tough. Well, I feel like they've got a coach that's going to turn it around. Um, you know, yeah. Hunter. Well, the problem, the problem with Hunter is that he could bounce. Uh, before that happens, I mean, if he if he takes two, Tulane was a, a four seed in their conference tournament. It was the first time they had received a bye in ages in, the, in their conference tournament. Um, who knows if he sticks around? I mean, if, if Georgia Tech opens or whatnot, maybe he goes back there. I, I don't know. Uh, but he's he's done a great job with them so far. And I guess Nolan, your Canes is that is that what's going on? Uh, I'm not actually. I've a friend worked for the program. I, I don't have many good things to say about Larinaga. So really? No. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm a sucker for Penny Hardaway. I, wow. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> my favorite player growing up. I've met him once. He was great in our five-second interaction. And, yeah, I'm a sucker for, for him. So, I do follow Memphis pretty closely. That was probably one let, of the better me, games. Let, 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 Yes. Well, let me just ask you real quick because I'm seeing it on on Twitter. Do do you you talked to Manny Bates? If it came down to Bates or Wahab, you you go you go back to the well, or would you prefer Bates? Oh, Bates! Bates. Not even a question. question. Yeah. Okay. Oh my God! Is that like are people asking that? I don't know. I mean, look, Wahab has got some familiarity with with the offense. I mean, obviously he was effective in it. Bates is a little bit of a question mark. It's not like he's been that good anywhere. I think Bates um, defensively I mean, can be a game changer. Mm-hmm. Right? I, mm-hmm. I would take Wahab back, though. If Bates, if Bates is not an option and Wahab wanted to come back, I, I would take him. Well, so if, if Bates came and you were to give the team an A, if, if Wahab were to come back, you'd give them a... 
Yeah, it's B to a B plus. Okay. Fair enough. That's not and bad. For the record, none of us think Aminu is coming back, right? No. Yeah, I don't know why he would. I mean, but I guess I, I could I use the mute button on Twitter, but part of me is just like, just go away. And not not him. <laughs> but but I, I agree with what you said earlier. About why not throw your name in the portal and then IL money that that kid could attract would be outrageous. Well, it's, it's a little bit I think he has the problem, though, right? With, with, he does, yeah, the international student is a little bit different oh, than okay. the, the issue. Um, yeah, there are there are ways to to kind of work around it. Uh, you have to get creative, but it's a little bit of a different story with the internationals because they're here on visas and um, it could impact their uh, their visa status. It's kind of annoying, but uh, again, there there are certainly ways to work around it. I I doubt that he's the only one with with that issue. Um, mm-hmm. You know, obviously obviously he isn't. Uh, so other other schools are are getting creative, and we can as well. But but again, you can. I mean, what are the salary average salary now in the G League? It's not nothing, right? I mean, it's it's like a decent or the. I what think are they making Jamarco for Pickett's two way. I think was around half a million dollars for the year. That's pretty good. Yeah. So, I mean, he's not going to get that in NIL, no matter how much you know, Bitcoin we send him. I don't know why that caused so much silence. I think basically I was suggesting that <laughs> sending spending crypto to someone's wallet could be a way to get around uh, some someone essentially getting money transferred to a United States bank account. But I'll leave that to the lawyers. Well, I, I know Kevin wanted to talk about it, but like, why doesn't why doesn't Ewing Athletics get involved in NIL? Yeah, uh, why isn't Matumbo Coffee getting involved in NIL? Yeah. It's not like we don't have any options within the. Has program. Iverson has Iverson picked up all of his money from from Reebok? Didn't they like put like a ton of it, and he couldn't get until he's like fifty five or something? He's definitely not fifty five yet. Yeah, but do you get a sense that he even <laughs> knows anything about the program? Like of of all the guys, and I talk about this all the time. We we talked this ad nauseum of all the guys that you want on board, like tweeting occasionally about the the program or showing up. He's going to Syracuse games, right? Didn't he it's go to the Syracuse unbe- Duke game? It's unbelievable. He, he, he doesn't come. It, it's interesting. I, I it, and, I mean, he loves the 76ers. Like, right. you see, he's there all the time, and he loves that franchise. You would think it would be reciprocated almost the same way with Georgetown, but has never happened. I, I think it might just have been all Big, big John, right? Like, yeah. it's just... It's just all Big John. Okay, but, I mean, but, like, but, but the program hasn't moved on past there. Big John, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> you, you think that if anything, we've we've had the last five years to get him there. You know, nothing much has changed in that respect. I mean, if I could get Iverson to a Georgetown game and wearing like a Mets hat instead of Yankees hat, I'd I'd, I'd be done. I'd be really <laughs> happy. I mean, I think someone's full time job at Georgetown should be to try and get Allen to some games. I mean, you could even, I mean, he's, he goes, he goes to National Harbor, the MGM, a ton. I know people that see him there, like, consistently. That's not that far. Why didn't we, why, why didn't we have anything to do with that Iverson Classic or whatever? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, like, and even Iverson's getting old, right? Like a reference, but he is, he's more than just, do you remember him playing? He's just a thing. He's, you know what I mean? Like, he's. Not many programs have a guy like that, and there's he's, just no interaction. There's just no yeah, interaction. AI, AI is an icon at this point, you know. And yeah, he should be a a torchbearer, a flag waver, whatever it is of, of the program. Show up at, at, at one game minimum. He should probably have been at the Georgetown Syracuse game last year. Um, I, I don't know. In the I event, I don't even know. Yeah, in the event, because I'm, I'm sort of, I'm sort of just like, oh, Patrick is a Supreme Court justice. Um, in the event that he's not, and Andrew, you seem to think that he's not, and you know, going for all these players and bringing Nickelberry, bring LSU. You only got one guy. That's probably not what they were thinking. Uh, Jordan Brooks, you know, whatever we saw, what has not happened yet. He's not even announced yet. I think if you're going to go out guns blazing, 
you got to try and get Allen involved, right? You have to. If you and got Iverson to come to home games, I'd be fine with staying with Ewing for another year. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, that's what I'll take. I mean, the um, problem is there's only a couple he could go to and not be, like, completely ma. You know what I mean? Like, there's so few people at games that, like, you're right. It would have had to have been the Syracuse game. They don't play them at home this year. I mean, there, there probably isn't going to be one home game this season where it's a decent crowd. Like, you, you, you couldn't have them at a game where there's no one at, right? Like, Iverson is just – he is cool. He's You know, you can't get guys like that to go to something that's not cool. Right. What do we know? What do we know about the schedule next year? What do we have as far as? Uh, I mean, any mar- marquee home games? Non-conference. The MIAC is about to not be a conference anymore, and I imagine they're going to load up on it before it goes away. Um, they have South Carolina, I believe, comes back. Yeah. And other than the Big Twelve and the Big Ten, you know, the Gavit games, which you don't always get. Did they have Gavit games last year? I thought we were out of that. I thought we were not in it this year. I could be wrong. But regardless, there's we don't have so basically there's nothing that we know of that's going to be. Oh God, we're let's let's get excited and go to that game. No, no, it's just as of now, it's the South Carolina home game and then back at Syracuse are the only two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably if you do Big Twelve, you're probably on the road. So like I said, there's really not a lot to pick from. Maybe if you get Villanova like on the right day, that's a decent crowd, I suppose. But I don't know what they're going to look like next year. So, I mean, it's not like, you know, there's only so many opportunities that you would want to waste that on in the event that you could somehow get him to come to a game, which I imagine is not easy. If it were, it would have happened by now. But yeah, I thought it was really tough this past year when he went to the Carrier Dome. That was just like, wow. Okay. All right. Well, I guess we are we are good to go here. Um, <laughs> unless you guys have anything else more pressing, um, I'm sure there'll be some news that we need to discuss in the next next week or so. Hopefully, it's just good to be how back. Many, Nolan, many? do you have an NBA favorite right now? Is it is it a Golden State? I'm gonna say Phoenix. I think it was them all year, and I think everybody got scared with the Booker injury. But if he's fine, I, I would take Phoenix. Oh, that series was tremendous. Again, I, I, again, being in New Orleans has some privileges, but I went, went to some of those games against the Pelicans, and that that was a that was a war. And from a Pelicans fan perspective, it's kind of hard for the team and, and the fans to to root against the Suns with Monty Williams, who was such a beloved coach here, and of course yeah. CP3, who was you know the, the guy who put basketball on the map here in New Orleans. So it was there was a lot of love there in the building. Willie Green has done a tremendous job with Pels, uh, who is, they've become just a really fun team. And obviously with Zion, hopefully back in the mix next year, I think you're looking at a, a contender for years to come, hopefully. I think it's Milwaukee. There's just no, there's nothing to do with that guy. Like, what do you, <laughs> what are you supposed to do? <laughs> yeah. How do you, how do you guard Giannis? I don't know. All right. Well, we should probably do Kente Corners more often than once every six weeks or whatever it's been, but I wanted to have the dust settle a little bit. And it did, and still, it's still settled. What about still what settled. about what about your what about your seven? Why doesn't he fly? Because they have a really good team. Well, yeah, but I thought he was like in the middle of the season. He was like, oh geez, can this guy win like rookie of the year? He's putting a double doubles like, like a madman, and now he doesn't go off the bench. Uh, who's they have a veteran big? I think it's dead men that eats up those minutes now. I'm not sure the mm-hmm. reason why. Yeah. Oh well. Well, right, Bobby. Think you're they about do to, start you know, a guy from out. DePaul, so there's that. Yeah, yeah, he's killing it over there. Screws. <laughs> I guess Georgetown's only uh, Georgetown's biggest hope is probably, I mean, as far as the ring goes, is probably with Otto, right? Otto. So, so I think in, for that alone, I'm rooting for the Warriors because uh, it's been a long time since that the Georgetown players won a ring. Was it Zoe with the Heat, or is that wrong? I can't, I can't get past my Easter. You know, Nolan mentioned that I probably thought I was going to go back to the Final Four. When I looked at that bracket, I really did. And I cannot get over Easter and Raleigh 2008. So I just, even though Otto's on that team, uh, Steph, just it's, just it's just too much. It's just, it's just too much. I think you need to embrace the dark side. I can't. <laughs> I have with certain players, 
that was just such a bad time, man. Like that, and they haven't really recovered. To be to be fair, right? Like, no. That yeah, yeah. to me that that's the day it all changed. Yeah, you know, it changed, and you had you had a five star transfer out. You had Doc Sun. It just you know, I mean, they had good teams after that, and a lot of really good seasons. But you know, obviously, they never got past that hump. And you know, you don't want to be the two C that doesn't make it out of the weekend. And they were, of course, they did again, but. Anyway, another good episode of Kente Corner. I want to thank everyone for listening. I know you're subscribing. If you haven't, please do that. It's really good. And I'll try my best to get these going more often. Thanks for the Twitter questions to Casual. Thanks for both of you with all your time. I know it's not easy. Everyone's got stuff to do. Hopefully, Georgetown is going to fill up that roster. And there still could be some more twists. Don Carey, Aminu Muhammad, Colin Holloway, I guess, could all sort of be on the roster again. Who knows? Guys, thank you so much. We'll do it again soon. Thanks, guys. Boy, it's Axa.